0: Hello and um, welcome to Noisy Ladies latest podcast here on the 13th of January, Friday the 13th. Um, today we will be discussing the concept of blockchain um, and we're welcome to have uh, Reuben Godfrey here who's the director of the Blockchain Association of uh, Ireland who will be discussing this concept uh, with us. Um, hello Reuben. Hi, how's it going? Not too bad. Uh, Reuben, could you give us um, a bit more detail about your own background and how you have come to to uh, set up this uh, blockchain association of Ireland? Yeah, um, yeah, well, my own background is, is fairly um, active, very, <laughs> maybe, I would say. I uh, have a background basically in technology sales, so I worked for a couple of big uh, tech firms um, on software, hardware, and uh, then prior to that in the pharmaceutical industry, but always in business development and sales. And it uh, kind of never really satisfied me. I kind of had this you know these epiphanies where you're sitting at your desk and you're yeah. just going like what, what's it all about you know and there has to be something bigger than this going on in the world that I could be you know putting my, my efforts into instead of uh, trying to convince somebody uh, a stra- <laughs> phoning a stranger to convince him to uh, part with budget he doesn't control just digital <laughs> currency sitting somewhere on somebody else's computer you know so this, this is all this kind of stuff racing through my head and, uh, you know, the
1: nature of the technology and selling software is literally digging our own graves, you know, working ourselves out of jobs. So I was just I kind of had a moment of of, uh, of kind of a clarity or an epiphany and, and stood back from everything. Um, and this is about in 2010, I was, well, I suppose in the wake of the, the, the economic crisis, I was living away in Slovakia and... Uh, I was just, had a lot of time on my hands, I suppose. I was researching about the kind of, uh, when the economic crisis is going on, people talking about how uh, the, the world is going kind of you know, what's going on? And all of a sudden I was starting yeah. to get the, where money comes from, what money actually means, what the creation of, or, or how value is exchanged. And I was kind of talking with a friend of mine uh, over a Beer, who's a Scottish journalist over there, and uh, talking over a Beer, and I was explaining this idea about, you know, why isn't it possible for, you know, borderless, digital currency, like, we have the technology now, surely this should be something that's possible, that, you know, you have something that's beyond uh, governmental
2: control, and he sort of looked at me, kind of, narrowed his eyes and, and said, do you mean Bitcoin? And I was like, okay, well, that was the
1: start of the journey, so that was, like, 2010. So I kind of looked into it back then, it was very difficult to find any information. Um, I, I found out a little bit and started, um, I was, you're even able to mine on your on, on, on your PC back then? So I was kind of set that up and I was like looking at it and trying to figure out ways. I was working for a company that I had access to as much hardware as I wanted. So I could have actually (laughs) gone full tilt into it then at that point. But there was early scare stories. There was a few. I I was a bit paranoid that I didn't know enough about it technically. And uh, any of my my questions were kind of being rebuffed uh, online. It was like, you know this isn't, if you don't understand this, this isn't meant for you, you know what I mean? So there was kind of a, 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 a sort of a techno uh, divide, you know, I, I, just, I understood the concept and the need and the philosophical um, thrust behind it and where it could go, but there was a big divide between, at the time, there was a big divide, uh, it was really just mainly um, programmers that understood
2: what was going on and uh, kind of didn't want to share it. Their their little kind of their their plaything. So I got a bit I got I got a bit sort of fed off with it and yeah. shelved it for a while. And I, I ended up emigrating down to uh, the Caribbean. I was away from everything, all these big concerts. So I just um yeah away from it all and came back then. And the price was going mental and I, I, I
1: was about to. It was a lot more uh, information was a lot easier to come by. And uh, then things started getting really picking up, um. I was still working away. I, I, I kind of got to the point that I was like, okay, look, I, I, I believe in this now. I, I fully believe in it. I tried to figure out a way to, um, to kind of make it my my, my work and what I do. And um, I still feel or I still felt uh, that there was a lot of divide or a lot of discord or disconnect between the different uh, sort of early adopters and uh, So the early adopters have been identified quite well, actually, as being uh, from four different distinct groups, which were the programmers, the investors, criminals, uh, famously, and then uh, libertarians, uh, which I would kind of be the closest, it's kind of a bit of a dirty word these days, but basically the philosophical side of it, coming into an understanding how borderless currency uh, can change uh, how we exchange value, you know, that's really the big part of it. So I wanted to make this my life work. Well, I swear, that sounds very grand. But no, I wanted to, I wanted to apply myself to it and do something that I actually care about, and and stop worrying about the sort of the monthly the monthly paycheck, and look at the bigger picture. Uh, so I was writing, um, or a friend of mine was is an editor at the Irish Tech News, and uh, I wrote a piece for them. I went down quite well, and I just sort of said, you know, well, I started writing for them a bit more. I quit my job, and then I was, you know, it it, it sort of selfishly journalism is a great way to talk to people you want, want to talk to you know and this, that's what i want to do is just continue to have those conversations um and yeah like uh, i was quite active i guess in, in reaching out to people in the community i said the community uh that's a bit of a, bit of a weird term I don't, I don't know if there is really a community around it but i started reaching out to people who are working with different bitcoin blockchain applications so any, everyone from from the likes of, Deloitte and, and Bank of Ireland, to some of the aforementioned uh, more scurrilous elements of, uh, <laughs> of, of the early adopter phase. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. It's been an interesting journey. Um, the, 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 I was invited to take part in the early uh, form of this, uh, with what the Blockchain Association Ireland finally became. There was a, a group of about 10 of us were invited by Paul Ennis, who's a, Dr. Paul Ennis. He's, he's in uh, the Quinn Business School in UCD who's uh, been a great resource, great friend in this throughout uh, but he invited me to, to kind of sit in on a say, discussion group really um, but it encompassed, the discussion group encompassed everything from, from tech, like really technological people that like, very, uh, you know, people who really know their stuff around of you know, technically from yeah, Bitcoin, early Bitcoin days. Um, who else was on there as a, a fine artist, Rachel Rose <laughs> She's fantastic. She's been doing some art projects involving blockchain and Bitcoin, which is some next level stuff, you know. And then there was the likes of Deloitte, Laurie Keogh was on there as well, so uh, t- t- 10 of us in total. But it kind of devolved into a an echo chamber, you know, we'd start every meeting. We'd, we'd try and get a meeting a month and then, you know,
2: every meeting began with going around the table saying like, okay, so what's your story? And, you know, what are you doing?
1: And, it just, I don't I, I, you know, say it was a waste of time. It was an interesting conversation, always nice to meet people who were involved, but that was all it was. Um, it became clear to me that for us to progress uh, as an organisation or to be taken seriously or, or to kind of have any voice at all beyond those walls, uh, it was necessary uh, for, well, for, for, to set up a non-profit. So essentially, just to work as an advocacy group, I believed was the best way to go about it. Uh, there was at, at the time, we put it out to everyone in the group to, to kind of be part of it, um, and 80% of people have stayed involved, uh, 20% fell off and sort of said it wasn't really for them, they didn't want to get involved in something that was as formal as that. So, in fact, myself and one other guy, Stuart, sorry, Stuart King, uh, ended up being co-directors, and we just sort of said, look, well, somebody has to do it, we'll go co-directors, set up a company limited by guarantee. So it's basically no, no, no profit to the directors. Uh, it is just an advocacy group, um, and yeah, that's really it, that's where it began, that's where we're at now, we launched publicly, middle of December, we formed probably about a month before that, but we're kind of ramping up slowly, slowly, it's it's still, unfortunately, uh, right now, uh, or up till now, it's been very much a kind of, what we can do with it in our spare time, which has been quite a lot, I suppose, and uh, but yeah, from, from the next, well, from the beginning of next month, we're going to be, going live, and we finalise some details with some international collaboration. We want to make sure that when people kind of sign up and become members, that there is some value that they're getting, and it's not just a kind of uh, you know another echo chamber. And so we're looking at different projects, and we want it to be a member-led organisation. So we want to kind of uh, say, kind of want the the entire thrust, want everything that's kind of done, uh, you know, by us to be by us, and not not just by me or you know some sort of management team that's sort of dictating where we go this is really for for people to get involved with so i, I, I want to be hands up i don't say i want to be hands off after year two i don't even want to be a director anymore like i want to write myself out of this i want to just set it up set it running and uh, then yeah go on go on my merry way maybe still be involved somehow but i don't want to be it's, it's not a top-down organization it's a member-led organization
0: okay that that's fantastic Ruben. thanks a million for that yeah. in terms yeah. of my next question um you know, a lot of people are trying to get their heads around the concept of blockchain. Um, for those uninitiated, how would you conceptualize it in a concise manner? Because it it, it, would, it, it, would, it, would, it would it would make for a great question on the chaser for a top prof monetary fund, and the person would be there scratching their head. What is this concept of blockchain? If you were to put it in your own words, what, what, what would it be? Yeah, well, like, there, there,
1: there's a, a number of different things, right? So there's... Okay, so it's a distributed ledger of transactions on the Bitcoin blockchain, right? That's, that's what really, when people talk about blockchain, they'll start bringing in other things. They'll start talking about distributed ledger technology, um, which is essentially, similar. Uh, it's a synonym. I wouldn't say it's the same thing. Okay. So blockchain is the, the, the transaction history of every Bitcoin transaction ever. Basically. Okay. Uh, and you can attach any information you want to any of those transactions which means that you have an immutable or an undeletable record, right? So because the, it's a, a shared ledger, right? So if, if say, it's just the, the two of us, uh, again, every time I start, you, you have to bring it back a bit, right? So of course, yes. So to understand blockchain, you've really got to understand Bitcoin. Yeah. And um, Bitcoin was, was created um, to solve one of the the kind of biggest challenges around digital currency. Uh, which is called the double spend problem right so in order for us say i have got digital units on yeah. my my pc and you say well let's you know, give me some of them or I'll, I'll exchange some of these with with some physical goods you have i'll send you five root coins right whatever so you get them and then i will go ha 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 i still got copies of these you don't know that and then i'll send them on to somebody else and somebody else yeah. and then before you know it i have spent my five points five times and nobody gets anything. So Bitcoin <laughs> figured out a way to to uh, solve this double spend problem by sharing the transaction history amongst all users on the network, basically. So um, so basically everyone has a, a copy of the blockchain is the transaction history of, of every Bitcoin transaction. Now, you don't have to be exchanging massive amounts of Bitcoin in order to have a transaction. You can have kind of microtransactions and then attach something to the uh, the transaction history the blockchain. So, th- th- again, w- th- really, when people ask me this,
2: <laughs> what I do is, because other people have done fantastic work in explaining yeah. this, right? And there's a guy I would always recommend, anyone that's got any interest in this, there's a guy called a Lovely Old Gent, he's like a kind of kindly uncle you'd wish you had, uh, Don Tapscott is yeah. his name, and his son, Alex Tapscott. They're also, they're both very... Uh, Big players
1: in the blockchain world, but Don Tascott does this fantastic TED talk, and he explains it absolutely beautifully, and concisely. I'd recommend anyone listening that wants to get a kind of top-down understanding of what blockchain is to, to go and look at that. Now I know that's a slightly lazy, but sure, look, you know, kind <laughs> of work with the the resources I have, and I think that's a fantastic one. I couldn't improve on that. Um, there's also another fantastic resource for any more specific questions, and they've got great discussions called Block Geeks. Um, B L O C K G W E K S And uh, they're fantastic, I, I'd recommend going on there. Also Reddit, of course, uh, is, is one of the biggest um, online communities around Bitcoin. Uh, and really, I, the, 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 the two, like uh, again, people will get confused, I think, between what Bitcoin is and what blockchain is. The big opportunities, I believe, are in the Bitcoin blockchain. Okay. So the, you, you can have, you can set up, people will often ask, well, why is that Bitcoin? doesn't you can set up your own one you can set up a mirror you can mirror what the technology is and you can set up a distributed ledger nothing to stop you do that what makes bitcoin blockchain interesting what makes bitcoin interesting is the number of users that's already on it right so to set up a competitor you have to convince people to put in 15 i should, well maybe a little little less now but about like 15 billion dollars worth of hard currency into it to give people a kind of vested interest to make it keep working right so that's, that's just in, in terms of the, the physical or the, the actual fiat money invested into it. That's the market capitalization. It's about $15 billion at the moment. So there's nothing to stop anyone running a, comp- a competitor uh, uh, technology. Yeah. But you're, you've got a hill to climb, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the entry point will be very, very
0: difficult to get to. Okay, that's that's fantastic. Thanks, Ruben. And my, my next question, um, will keep blockchain coupled up with Bitcoin um, In terms of Bitcoin, it's been slow to gain traction here in Ireland and I parallel it with, you know, contactless payments and NFC, which, you know, this great concept from Apple came back five years ago. It was fantastic. But all of a sudden, you know, Irish government, Irish shops, enterprises, entrepreneurs, they need to implement the infrastructure and then they need to overcome security issues. So going back to the question, why do you think Bitcoin and blockchain have been slow to take off here in Ireland? So kind
1: of sim- the simple answer, I think that the old,
0: this is a bit of a f- sort of finger in the air, and yeah. I think everyone just has their own opinion about this. But I mean, personally, I think that it's a throwback that people don't like doing something unless they're told by a trusted middleman that, that it's a good thing to do. Yeah. So, like, when it comes to money
1: and stuff, we're just used to we're, we're used to uh, trusting our bank. We're used to trusting the central bank we're used to trusting the government and we're used to trusting financial advisors you know we have all these other people we trust and we don't trust ourselves now what bitcoin does is takes away the middleman right so it's a peer-to-peer value exchange system so you and i can under, can decide how much bitcoin is worth uh, in terms of physical goods and nobody's going to tell us that right so this is the this is the huge thing right is the, it's such a big little thing that that people have to get their heads around don't I mean, I say they have to but i mean Slow to gain traction, yes, but once people do, there's kind of no looking back. There's big aha moments with Bitcoin, and once you kind of get it, you kind of it's like a nod and a wink, and you go uh-huh. you know, I'm not. Gonna... Yeah, yeah. And, and another another aspect is people really don't. Once you once you find out about it, you don't really want anyone else to know. What you want to buy now while it's cheap, relatively cheap to what it's going to end up at, you know. Yeah. Um. And so there, there's a few things like people were like, early on. People were slow to, to share any knowledge because it was like you know this is our thing, this is our thing. Um, but slow to gain traction here. There's been no public dialogue about it as well, really. Yeah. The only thing that people have heard has been scare stories in in the press uh, about Silk Road, uh, about criminals. You know, so obviously we had a couple of people, a couple, of, oh well, a couple of Irish guys who were who were, uh, heavily involved in Silk Road, and uh, it's fairly it's fairly. Uh, I uh, would you say, it's not the most tasteful stuff that they were doing, you know, you're talking about, you know, uh, selling drugs and, and all these other sorts of issues that, that people really don't want to be, unsavoury, that, that's the word, unsavoury sorts of activities that these guys are up to. So people are, there's an automatic flinch response that people have yeah. when you hear it, and then people will get told by someone they trust, you know, that they'll get misinformation, simple misinformation, so financial advisors, hedge fund managers, people like this who have a lot to lose. Um, if, if, if and when this goes goes large, you know, when it once it once it hits the mainstream, Bitcoin's gonna put a lot of people out of business. Yeah. So that, that's the main thing as well. So so bankers aren't gonna tell you that uh, oh yeah, Bitcoin's great, absolutely, you should totally invest in that. Investment fund managers are gonna say everything but invest in Bitcoin. You know, so so these people who are trusted advisors aren't necessarily giving the best advice, and they don't necessarily understand the technology themselves. And once they do, they're gonna continue to give bad advice because they're the ones that uh. Will 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 you know lose out in the short term? So it, it's kind of short short term uh, greed, I'd say, is a lot of the reason that people yeah. aren't uh, aren't aren't being one hundred percent straight up and, and advocating
0: uh, advocating Bitcoin. Yet. Yeah, okay. that, that's fantastic, and I suppose we are going towards a cashless society. You know, we are currently. You know, we're doing virtual transactions. Some people get their wages paid in in January. They do their payments in and out. They might never take out cash during the month. So, uh, if we can get that necessary knowledge base, that necessary infrastructure, that dialogue going, as you were saying, we can see exponential growth in this in the next few years. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. yeah, There's a few things that are gonna sort of, are gonna push the exponential growth. I mean, you know they're kind of, you know, sort of, you've got a, a. beads of mercury on yeah. a flat surface yeah. and you roll them around and suddenly they sort of start gelling together and wobbling and suddenly you just left with one big uh, ball of mercury, right? But yeah. That's kind of
1: how I think that if, you, if you start looking around the world, you'll start seeing, oh, I believe that, that there's going to be extra um, pressures on some global currencies this year. You can see it. there's little sort of, you know, canaries in the, in, in the mine going on, like, the uh, yeah, you know, the likes of Venezuela or you look at India, they're they're, they're getting rid of a lot of cash. You know, the US dollar is coming under huge pressure now because of uh, let well say the political situation over there. Yeah. Um yeah. China uh, with the, the, the slowdown in their exports, they're they're gonna be under big issues with their with their uh the value of their currency. So there's there's a lot going on um that's gonna make uh Bitcoin very attractive as a store of value. and um, so people will be able to money in and say like i'm confident i'm confident that it's going to go up at least uh seven eight times in value this year it might go back down again but there's going to huge peaks of value in bitcoin this year uh, because of those currency crises and um, and you know it, when it all ends up uh, when it's finished or when, when, when you know the, the the sort of end point is uh there's only ever going to be 21 million bitcoin you know uh so think about what the potential value of that is going to be, you know, at some point. Yeah. If, if, if company or sorry, countries, uh, say their currency collapses, and they have to rebuild a way for people to exchange value, given the tools that are available to them right now, Bitcoin is the most sensible option, really. I mean, it's or, or some some form of cryptocurrency. It doesn't make sense to start going out mining, or sorry, well, mining, uh... Printing money or, or minting coins—it's yeah, yeah. just—it's such a kind of archaic. It's a weird kind of throwback, you know. At this point, it's it's sort of it's almost very close to being redundant, you know. And you, you mentioned as well contactless payments. Um, there's interesting places from around the world, and Pesa in 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 Kenya, Kenya. I'll have to edit this if that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's basically so it's a, uh, an exchange system where. People are exchanging value or buying goods basically with mobile phone credit. Yeah. So because people just trust that you can get paid, if you so I could, I could say I'll transfer, uh you know ten euros worth of phone credit to you. So I'll just put all my money onto my phone credit instead of being in my bank, and I can use it far more readily. Anyone who has a mobile phone suddenly I can do business with. So people who are outside the banking uh, structure, people who can't afford, who have no fixed abode, or have no. Uh, no money that to speak of, right? So there's a fintech revolution going on. Bitcoin's one element of of that, but basically rethinking how you exchange value is is a huge trend at the moment. Then you start looking at uh, where that can go. You know, this is still very early days. It's really hard to predict how it's going to end up. But um, yeah, I think. I mean, the other thing as well is I like uh, changing over currency. When we changed over from from punt to euro, it was literally overnight. I remember going out. I was out in the pub. I think and I remember going getting, uh, getting euros out. You know, after twelve o'clock, and going, ha, oh, this is again, this is funny. We're using a different currency now. Yeah. But once I I went to the bar and I still to buy buy pints. So it's like we're we're very we're very adaptable. All we need to do is trust that the thing that we're we're using is uh, is gonna get us what we want. that's that's the only the only uh prerequisite of of currency exchange or value exchange.
0: Okay, that's fantastic. And I suppose my final question, if people want to get in contact with yourself, Ruben, uh, pertaining the concept of blockchain or Bitcoin, or want to get in contact, just finding a bit more about the Blockchain Association of Ireland, how can they get in contact with yourself? Yeah, well, blockchainireland.org is our our kind of uh, very, very much, just a holding page, but there's a membership query button there, you can hit that. Uh, like I say, in the next few weeks, we're, we're ramping things up. We'll, we'll get a nice, shiny new website um, with lots of bells and whistles. We'll have a few more resources on there.
1: Um, get in contact through LinkedIn as well. you find me on there. Uh, at the moment, it's just myself, Stuart, and we're, we're actually, basically, we're going to be hiring very soon. We need to, to get active. We're going to be organizing conferences and training seminars. <coughs> Excuse me. We're going to be... Uh, Putting out regular newsletters, we have uh, good collaborations going with international networks as well. So, so there's a lot going on. Because blockchainireland.org for now, it you continue to be that domain. But the, the website will improve. Uh, it's a bit of a bit of a, a one pager right now, but um, the basic information's on there. And just get in contact. I'll, I'll happily uh, do. Well, I'll happily do my best. That's a bit of a copy, but I'll do my best to get in contact with anyone that, that reaches out. Uh, and we'll start getting a bit more streamlined once uh like i say once we get these these ugly back of house things taken care of we'll, we'll be in a bit of better shape but um yeah it's all going ahead i'm happy to say we've got some great buy-in and great uh early collaboration with some some big players again announcements to come but suffice to say is there's
0: going to be uh, some some really nice uh really nice stuff i'll be announcing in the next few weeks okay uh, thanks a for that ruben that's been a fantastic yeah. podcast interview and thanks again
2: no worries on if anyone